0: Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Jocelyn Chong. She is an award-winning number one international best-selling author, a podcast host, the CEO and founder of Seed to Sequoia, and a certified life and business coach. How are you doing today, Jocelyn?
1: I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast show.
0: It is my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for taking the time and making the time to be here as a guest and share a little bit about your story and your journey with us here today. I appreciate you. I'm
1: I'm looking forward to do so.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's jump right in then since you're so anxious to get started. So as mentioned, all of the things, all of the titles, all of the hats you wear, that is one hell of a resume you have there. How on earth do you find the time for all of this? How do you prioritize and how important is prioritization to you?
1: Prioritization is a very key part because I believe in making sure that I use my time purposefully. So whatever I do, it's not the length of time, it's the quality of the time spent. So what I normally do is look at my calendar ahead of, you know, a month or eight weeks ahead and make sure that I plug in time to work on things that are either activity that helps to generate revenue And it is serving others. So there are, I suppose, tasks that are dead tasks that I have learned over the years in banking and finance to eliminate them because I can just indulge in them for a long time, but it (laughs) doesn't take me anywhere. So the art of prioritization is a key part in business. And for me in my own life as well, because I also learned that there is a lot of power in terms of having healthy boundaries, Right. Sorry, they go in hen in hand.
0: So you mentioned working in the banking industry. You worked for 20 years in some of the biggest banks in Australia, where you generated over 200 million dollars in revenue. What were some of the roles you held in the banks that you worked in?
1: Yes, sir. So I held a state manager's role in one of the licensed. I also held premium banking regional manager where I oversee the entire premium banking layer in West Bank, which is the third largest bank in Australia. And then subsequent to that, I had a number of national roles whereby I led a lot of legislative projects. So it was, you know, around how to implement a lot of the new legal requirements for wealth management division. And prior to that as well, I had, you know, internal audit role with Ensign Young. I had financial planning role. And throughout that entire banking career, I actually hold a very active license with our regulator. So in order for us to practice as a financial advisor in Australia, we need to ensure that we meet all those requirements Right. Sorry, that was yeah a whole host of roles actually. If you
0: <laughs> well, twenty years is quite a while. You look in at my LinkedIn profile; <laughs> that is
1: a quick summary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you changed careers after having such a successful career in the banking industry. What was the catalyst for that change for you, Jocelyn? So
1: it started in 2017. I remember, you know, I thought there must be more to all this work that I'm doing, and that. I reached to a point where, number one, the income is reaching to our ceiling whereby I don't know how many more hours I can actually put in to make another 100000 or 200000 And also the next part was the banking sector in the wealth management division was going through a huge shift and that it is actually making it harder and over time they shut down the entire license. So I decided that, look, you know what, It's also time that I've served in those roles in the banking sector and the last banking role, they shut down the entire license and so I decided to work for a boutique for a year after that to hold the license but realized that it was just time for me to transfer all my skills, my experience, my qualifications to my own business.
0: Now, leaving that stable career to go out on your own and start your own business completely changed paths and directions. How difficult or how easy was that transition for you from corporate to entrepreneurship?
1: It wasn't easy.
0: <laughs> so
1: there was a lot of internal challenges that I had to confront. And if I could, you know, label them as internal monsters because there are all sorts of fears that will come up, you know, because I associate myself with largest Bank brands. So wherever I go, the brand is behind what I'm doing. So I hold that authority per se. But when I came out to do my own business, I had to build my own brand. So that was something that I had to really stand up and, you know, speak up for my own company. So that was one. Obviously, I had to confront a lot of challenges whereby it's such a shift. And I had to also explain to my parents because I will be so out of alignment in their dream role of who I should be working for. That for them, they have served their employer for four years before they retire. And for me, this is like, what are you doing? We educated you for stability (laughs) and you go out into that unknown. Either or, there is the unknown. Anyway, so it was just those. And to really graciously help them understand. And they trigger me every so often when they ask me, oh, why don't you ever go back? But yeah. also the industry that I came from had already shifted so much that it didn't give me a lot more opportunity to progress if I want to. Because again, you know, it's a whole other level, which we can move to a whole other episode. <laughs> But for the purpose of this, you know, podcast, it was just, you know, so many areas of inner monsters that I had to deal with, confront, and I didn't get support. That was really important. And to know that I didn't have to do that alone, and to know that there's a lot of people who are doing that and to do it with ease, to do that with grace.
0: I mean, that internal noise is the toughest stuff to deal with. And then on top of that, to have to deal with the external noise and worrying about what your parents think. And I mean, what kind of other external noise did you have to deal with in terms of, yes, your parents were upset with you, but how about friends and and people like other members of your family? Were they supportive or were they more along the lines with what your parents were thinking? And how did you deal with that and not let it get into your head and stop you from doing what you wanted to do?
1: Really good question. With immediate families, a portion of my immediate families are entrepreneurs. So right. that made it easier for them to understand where I come from. But yet there's still always, why would she do that? It's so hard hard out there but i learned to really stand in my own truth and also i did so much of self work to know this is what i'm called to do so it gave me that internal confidence to know this is where i am meant to be so then whatever external challenges that sort of triggers or poke or test me i can then go back to my inner self and go yep yeah, This is where my true calling is. This is my why.
0: Now, I mean, I think that the internal struggle is worse than dealing with the external struggle you face with other people. So how long did it take you to get past, as you call them, those monsters that you had to deal with in your own self?
1: I think it's ongoing, but the voices actually get to actually shut itself down quicker when I know how to recognize it. So the first six months to nine months of transiting out, I still have so much of two decades of what I knew. I was so reliant on Yeah. And I was reliant on the same way of hustling, of doing things. At the same time, I was reprogramming my brain to know there's a new way of doing things. And it takes time to really practice thinking that, that I am moving and transitioning into a whole new way of working. And it took longer. Sorry, our best example is that I train my brain by thinking there is another way of doing things. But every time when I notice that, I think it longer. (laughs) So it's like the first time it's like, all right, I could really reinforce that seven minutes. But then, all right, the next round is I can do it 10 minutes more. Right. And then over six months ago, yep, yeah, this is my way of thinking. But it is the discipline of practicing how to reprogram that brain when it goes, nah, you know, maybe. And then yeah. you go, yep, yeah, there is a new way of doing that. I just got to believe in myself, yeah. my offer, my business, and this is what. I love doing, why do I love doing it? Because it's serving humanity in yeah. a whole other level where I was limited and I didn't have the scope to.
0: Right. Beautiful. I love it. How has your experience working in the banking industry helped shape the Jocelyn you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think?
1: I am very grateful for my entire 20 years in the banking and finance because the things I have come across on my desk, the types of complexity and cases that I dealt with was none other. And that that gave me a lot of exposure. Plus, I did a lot of one-off assignment for unique type of rollout in systems, in handling remediation projects. So those insights, they are hard work. But then those insights gave me so many skills and to a certain degree, I had prepared a lot of talking points for my right. CEOs because they went to, for example, Senate inquiries. They were, you know, going through Roma commission and I get to see that level and that's reported and that's through the governance components. So it was amazing. And then from a customer point of view, you know, the customers, the couples that sat through all the meetings and to hear a lot of insights. Yeah, about, you know, what they share with me that they will not share with their loved ones. Right. And I had so many phone calls that they will prep me that they have got a diagnosis that they're preparing their family for, you know, subsequent months ahead, estate yeah. planning and all that, which I get firsthand because of my authority in my role to execute that. Right. So I think it's just so valuable to form my exposure the way I think, the insights I get, the privilege of information I get to hear. Yeah. And some are so sensitive. And because we signed a lot of privacy and confidential requirements on those type of such sensitivity in terms of the information, um, you learn to really appreciate what I have. And that, yeah has formed a lot of my thinking style.
0: What would you say has been one of the biggest struggles for you along your path through entrepreneurship?
1: I have a few. I will not say one, but I think along the way, one major one that I worked hard was on fear of missing out because there were so many different entrepreneurs that came my way that I saw what they did that resonated with me and what I wanted to do and a lot of them offered help a lot of them offered different programs and everyone has got different styles and different methods of doing that and to condense everything I was like I thought I had the capacity but ultimately a lot of things is less is more is the way forward for me. So I had to dial back and go, it's not everything I need. It's actually less, is more, but doing really, really well and go deep into it. So that was one area of releasing and confronting my demons of fear of missing out. And the rest was really resting because I come from an environment that I have to always do. Yeah. And that, in entrepreneurial world, you need space to think so that you can cast vision and then think about one area that and go deep into it and enjoy the abundance of the time, the relationship. And it took me time. To acknowledge that I need to rest.
0: <laughs> That's a tough one, especially when you're running your own business. It's tough to, to wrap your head around that and taking the time for yourself to rest and recharge and refresh. Because as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, we wear so many hats. We have to do so many things. So we're always on the go and we're being pulled in all these different directions so it's hard to wrap your head around setting that time aside for yourself and realizing that you have to do this in order to run your business successfully.
1: Absolutely. You're spot on. And rest is necessary. The initial days of taking naps, because I had you know, clients overseas, so I'll take clients early in the morning or late at night. And actually, I'm entitled to rest during yes, the day. Yes, I feel bad. I'm like, no, I could condense more. But if my body requires that I need more rest, I need more rest. Because if I'm going in the long haul and this is something that is for the long game, then I need to listen to my body. So that's one thing that, yeah, because I was trained not to rest. I had a GM once told me, yeah, you know what? When you die, you've got plenty of hours to sleep. So why bother? And <laughs> you used to sleep four, day, four hours a day. And I was admiring that. I was like, wow, you could sleep four hours a day. That's amazing. And a lot of them at that level do because, I mean, you know, a lot of them have got a lot of issues dealing with mental health as well. Right. So, you know, luckily waking up at 3 a.m. is not a joy. It's no. more of waking up so that, you know, to deal with a matter on hand, so
0: absolutely. Yeah. What lights you up or excites you the most about being an entrepreneur?
1: I love seeing the faces of my clients light up when they receive their aha moments or their breakthrough, or they're like, "Oh my god, I have never seen it in that way." That is such amazing magic when you can see someone's. They're like, "Oh my god, that is so amazing. Why didn't I ever think about that?" And you know what is priceless.
0: With your clients, as the issues you dealt with making that transition into entrepreneurship, is this something common that you have to help your clients with? Getting into that headspace of shifting out of corporate or whatever the case may be into entrepreneurship and quieting the internal noise?
1: Yes. So at every level, there will always be a new devil. So everyone that progresses... We'll always have you know new sets of challenges coming up, and that's one area that we always ensure that doing the inner work is an ongoing work. It's not a set and forget approach; it is something that we need to apply and to practice. It's like you know you brush your teeth and you brush your teeth for the rest of your life. Yeah. You don't brush it once a week or once a month <laughs> kind of thing. It is you know the continuous practice, but we get better at it and we recognize and that we leap faster. Right. We know how to recognize our own method of reprogramming our brain.
0: You say that it's your mission to help business leaders tap into their true purpose while scaling their business with feel-good strategies and intuitive guidance. Why is this so personally important to you?
1: I have personally tried to work out of um, someone else's superpower. It's not sustainable. And that... I wasn't told that I need to tap into my own superpowers. I wasn't requested because they want me to work and operate like them and like their profile and their template. And when I noticed that, when I actually bring out the best in someone's skills, their talents. I see magic happen naturally and I want to help people uncover their own uniqueness, what they're birthed in their talents, their gifts, and really help them enjoy that. Because a lot of times we're not given a space or a container to really embrace our own talents and skills. A lot of times we are asked to do someone else's job right in exchange for money right. or you know for an asset of something else but I think it's so important to know your own superpower. That's how you're going to be rewarded. And that's how you're meant to contribute to the world.
0: It is truly incredible to see someone step into their authentic power and their gifts when they realize what their gifts are. It's absolutely amazing to witness and see your witnessing transformation unfold before your very eyes. It's one of the most beautiful things to witness in life.
1: Yeah. And you don't have convince them because the passion is already burning within them yeah and you can't force a passion to happen and sorry you can force someone to do something and you know put them under a lot of metrics to get them to get a result but if their energy is not there their passion is not burning it's really really challenging yeah so a lot of people I notice being asked being directed to do something that they don't enjoy because they need to someone else's expectation or it is, you know, completely because they are never given the opportunity to discover their gifts. That's where, you know, there's so much non-synchronicities in the world.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Is your business solely or primarily focused on working with women? And if so, Why have you decided to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women?
1: So my business is not just solely on women, but where I am drawn to help more women is because women doesn't get that level of knowledge and exposure from what I've noticed. So I naturally attract more female who needs that type of support because I have seen so many men could do that easily. But women have not been able to really engage their own abilities in that way, and so I create that space. I create that environment for them to go here. Let me embrace and give you the guidance, and show you, and lead you to a place where you get to do it too. Sorry. That's where I am.
0: What type of person or client is your ideal client? What things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them, Jocelyn?
1: My clients that I've been attracted to work with are clients who already had their career path set and that now they are ready to take it to a whole nother level. So a lot of them are from corporate. They've got, you know, qualification skills and they executed that, but they realize that something is missing. That puzzle they are transitioning it out to another career or in entrepreneurship. And so I am effectively a great transition expert to help them see the way and hold their hand around certain things that may be unknown to them. But I know that I can see it in their vision. It is not unknown. But for that period of time, their eyes have not been opened yet and they need to discover that themselves. So that's Mm. where I come and do my magic. (laughs)
0: That's where Jocelyn works her magic. I love that. (laughs) Can you tell us a bit about your company, Seed to Sequoia? What is the mission? How you came up with the name? Tell us a bit about the business.
1: So Seed to Sequoia is actually coming from a song that was written by a music company. But I love the Seed to Sequoia because anything that I saw starts from a seed. Whether it's a mustard seed, a tomato seed, or corn seed, whatever it may be, that seed can grow. And so, Sequoia is a tree that is the longest living tree in the Amazon forest. Oh. And so, I wanted to ensure that whatever seeds I saw, someone will water it. The soil will be right. They will grow and they will grow surpassing me. If I am gone tomorrow, I know that that tree, that seed will continue to flourish somewhere with someone else. So that is my goal.
0: Love it. That is beautiful. Now, you are also a podcast host. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast, the title, the subject matter? Is it interview style? Is it solo or is it a mix of both?
1: My podcast is Magnetic Abundance. That's the name of my podcast show. And I had actually... Shifted the name this year. Prior to this, it was Cash Flow is Confidence because I was helping others gain confidence around money and around building their business that's profitable. And over the last eight months, the name Magnetic Abundance kept coming up. And it was time to actually change and rebrand the name this year, which I did around late January. So, if you hear the earlier episodes, a lot of them will be welcome to Cashflow is Confidence (laughs) podcast. And then the most recent 10 episodes is very much around magnetic abundance. So why magnetic abundance? It is very much around how we have our own magnetism. And it's important for us to stay in our zone of genius and that we are then naturally going to be a magnet of the right area of business that we're part of and why abundance is because we are born abundance is our birthright but a lot of times it took us so long to own abundance and to let it be our lifestyle because we always feel that there is the worthy issues there is areas of deservingness that we have never been bold enough to live and claim. So there's that area that I'm educating people. And it is a big mission around helping people own their truth, speak their truth, embody their truth and enjoy their truth and have fun in life and not take things so so seriously.
0: And that's it, right? I mean, I'm sure you learned that in the banking industry, because that's a very serious industry. And you're right, people take life so seriously. We have to learn to have fun once in a while and break it up. And again, it goes back to that whole mindset of taking the rest when you need to and realizing that you need that in order to continue on successfully.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: So what inspired you to start the podcast?
1: I feel that with podcasting, my message and the people that I support their message can travel to parts of the world that I cannot bring those messages to them. So I grew up in a Christian environment where these verse go, you know, go to the ends of the earth. And I go, how else can I take my message to the ends of the earth? The best asset for me right now is to be able to distribute podcasting as an asset that Wi-Fi can help with that. Yeah. And that it can travel to countries that I personally may not be able to Work through yet, but there is that channel and directories on my podcast that I can spread it around, and that it is an asset that people can just binge on it, yeah and, you know, so anywhere anytime they can download that on their phone and they can listen to that and It's a whole host of interviews with entrepreneurs. That are new, they are sharing their stories, they are from different background, from you know medical background to interior design to accountancy to finance to spiritual health to photography to media to publication, (laughs) co-hosts. And my goal is to spotlight them and to share their journey. And their story is going to inspire someone else. And story is the best way to inspire someone else because our stories are unique. And so it will help people relate to others who are going through the same challenges.
0: It is truly an incredibly powerful medium. You can, like you said, you can, your words, your stories stories of your guests can travel to parts of the world that they might not have access to or might not be able to get to and that's huge the impact you can have mm, yeah so speaking of stories this is a great segue as mentioned you are an award-winning international best-selling author can you tell us a bit about the book you wrote and what inspired you to become an author and was writing something that you had always done or is this something fairly new for you
1: So. Writing was a big challenge for me because I've always written in numbers, graphs, spreadsheets and presented that way through PowerPoint slide. And I thought one day I will then be an author. It was a one-day thing in my vision board. Last year, that one day became the day because I go, I am so uncomfortable to say yes to this project, which was my first project in May. And I go, well, let's do something that's scary. Might as well, we are already at a scary <laughs> stage. What could be worse? And so I decided to do my first project and that was with Exalted Publishing House. And it was about success quotes. Okay. So that title of that book drew me into that space of how do you redefine success in a way that has not been taught before and so it was such an alignment to my journey and I contributed a chapter into that book and that's how I learned so much about the world of you know writing the world of you know participating in a chapter with 20 plus other authors because it gave me a lot of insight exposure working alongside with how you promote the book, how you talk about the book, how you do the graphics and all the publicity behind a book project. It's good because when you start small, you can build up on it. And then I moved to the second project that was launched on the 12th of December. And then my third one coming on the 3rd of May. Wow! So it's, you know, building that. Up over yep. time, which is amazing because I learned so much from those book projects and all the different multi-authors that come from a whole host of industry background stories. And I love that type of um, environment because yeah. everyone's growing together.
0: So, how did that help your confidence then after you got that first contribution done? You you were telling before you did that you were, that was one of your fears is is stepping into those shoes and writing. So how has that built your confidence over time with? going from book number one to number two. Now you've written for number three, which is coming out soon. So how is your confidence? How have you noticed a shift in your confidence around writing and being an author?
1: I think the first run, I was so fearful about sharing my story because I was never really being invited to share my story. It was easy to talk about someone else's story. It was easy to interview someone else. But when it comes to writing my story and it was 3,000 words, which part of my life will I want to reveal? And how do I craft it? And what do I say about it? And that was a really healing journey for me. And so I decided to mention a few of my personal family history because of people that I want to acknowledge in the first book. And then the second book was very much around Business and it was how to equip others with three key points around business that I've seen over the two decades of my banking and finance career.
0: That one must have been fairly comfortable and easy for you having that experience, that 20 years of experience.
1: Yes, and a lot of times when there is more scope to write, it's more the selection process of which one I want to choose to add on to the book. It was Really interesting because my third one, it took me about four to five iterations because it was challenging my own growth. And when we write about something, we are going to be going through a healing um, journey pretty much, you know, because you're pouring so much of you, your soul, your spirit into it. And so it was just timing around the third one that is called Prosperity Codes And prosperity was redefined in so many ways. For me, it's time, it's health, vitality, it's peace of mind that, you know, you have that way, you don't have all sorts of noise in your head. And sorry, that was for me, wow, whole nother level of experiencing, living, immersing myself in prosperity.
0: I love it. Love that. It's great to be able to look back and see how far you've come. And see how you've progressed and see the journey you've been on when you're at this point and looking back. It's like, wow, I really have improved. I have grown. I have expanded. I have stepped out of my comfort zone. It's beautiful to look back and see that change and transformation in yourself.
1: Yeah. And sometimes we kind of like, wow, that all happened in under a year. Effectively, as I'm speaking to you now, it's under 12 months. And saying yes to a lot of the unknown can open new doors. And that was one of my biggest lessons because I didn't know. I thought, you know, initially writing a chapter is easy. You just need to submit the chapter. But (laughs) along come the ability to go, how comfortable are you to receive publicity? How comfortable are you to write your brand stories? What do you include in your bio? Because bio is 150 words or 300 words depending on the, um, you know, package and offer that's available. And you learn so much about how you condense things into such short succinct yes. way and there's so many methods around that and being an entrepreneur publicity is a way of life yeah we are our brand we are our That's story right. and it pulls a lot more stories because people connect with our stories yes and so it helps me bring out a lot of what i had hidden in the past or not willing to process those emotions because I didn't have time to and that I thought they were not important but to allow some really interesting emotions to rise and process them and help them through as I share them I help someone else yes that's right. going through that situation as well and that's powerful
0: I think that's medicine to yeah absolutely I think that's a very common thing among people is that they don't believe they have a story who's going to want to hear my story or what's what could I possibly have to share with the world that is going to interest anyone but I wholeheartedly believe that every single person on the face of this planet has a story to share and it will resonate with somebody and we all need to get our story out there I think it's so important and that's why mediums like podcasting and writing in these collaboration or compilation books and telling your stories is so important.
1: It is. And I think to give everyone a space to share their story, no matter how simple they may think, it is a story. We're human beings. absolutely. So uh, a lot of times you think it's unimportant. And, and a lot of times for a lot of people who are introvert who go, well, I, I just want to shy away from it. But to help them, encourage them, empower them, yes. give them space, show them that is possible. And I think that is powerful because a lot of people are shy. Yeah. A lot of people rather have someone else's in the spotlight, let alone share their stories. So That's right. you think, you know, what you're doing, even through your podcasts, that you interview over 300 women and having so many episodes to let their voice be heard, to let their stories be shared. That is magic and such a great gift to the world.
0: It is. I love it. I love being able to provide this platform for women like yourself to share their stories with the world. Because again, it goes back to the fact that everybody has a story to share. Everyone has something that will resonate with people. And I think it's so important that we encourage, and as you say, empower people to get their stories out there and let them know that yes, You do have a story, let's share it. Let's help you get it out there to the world.
1: And I think I want to add and expand on that is that when we are ready to listen to someone else's story, we also share a lot of beautiful space with others because there are a lot of space and places where people don't want to hear someone else's story too. Yeah, very true. And those places, you know, are not giving a lot of healing to those that needed to share their story. Yes, A lot of times in coaching, I realized that the moment someone say about it and they process it, they are healed there and then Their breakthrough just occurred because they have got a safe judgment, free space to open up themselves. And that is medicine to the soul. So yeah, it's powerful. very powerful. Storytelling. Sure. Yes. Magic.
0: It is. Justin, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? We talked about superpowers earlier. What is yours?
1: I am a connector. I have this superpower that I can see who and who should be connected and my brain will wire itself. I'll (laughs) go for walks and go, you know what, today I should really connect this person because the other day I spoke to so-and-so and they are just so similar and they should know each other. So that's one of my superpowers. The other one is I have the ability to see someone else's vision and through my intuition. So I'm really called to do that. And if they are ready to receive that, I should be sharing that with them. So that's my superpower because ultimately, if I'm not invited to share and I share that with them, they are not ready to receive it will not work against their relationship with right. those parties. So to recognize that I can see someone's vision and that if they want support, guidance, help, direction, I have got that ability, that spontaneous, magical way of doing that.
0: <laughs> I love it. So speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you?
1: It has- evolved so many years and so many times and i used to see success as you know um having a lot of luxury goods earning high income driving the best car travel the best holidays and over time those are very external way of representing success Today, success is very much around having good long-lasting relationship with people, having time to rest, having good healthy lifestyle, eating healthy nourishing food, knowing how to engage our own body that is our temple and live a successful life from within. So it's not just the external forces of, you know, blaming, excusing, giving a lot of excuses, victimizing ourselves and all that. That's all low vibration, very low negative energy. But success is beyond that. How can we serve another human being? And what is our message? It could be baking muffins for someone else. It could be helping someone change, you know, something in their home or plumbing or whatever it may be. But whatever that is small, that is success in exchange. And it doesn't always have to be a financial aspect of success. It could be more time with someone, creating more beautiful memories, respecting someone, giving them a voice to share their story. So it has changed so much in my life. And so that's what I... I'm hoping that, you know, I get the opportunity to just share one at a time to help people redefine what the world, the media, TV wants us to think about success.
0: I love that. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it?
1: I could answer that question in a book yeah.
0: but a condensed <laughs> way
1: that I have learned is that I did a lot of inner child work and shadow work and I realized you know a lot of my past was a result of areas in my upbringing that I need to deal with confront and then reprogram my neural pathway to think differently. So one area was a lot of limiting beliefs around money or Though so I work in money, I invest money, I nurture money, I, you know, did so many things with money. When I did my work around all money stories and all money patterns, I associated rich people with corruption, and that I learned that because in my country where I was born, that was all rich people. They had to. Do do something bad to hurt someone else in order to have wealth and I've seen that so many rounds whether they you you know don't pay tax or they steal or they do drugs or they kill and so being wealthy was like oh do I have to go through so many unethical ways to be wealthy and I had to really clear that thoughts out of my system the second one was my own ego I had such strong ego and pride in things that I do which didn't me and so I always think that I know it all and I'll make things happen to a certain degree it can work as my strength but right. more so I realized that I had to deal with it as my weakness and so those areas was dealt with and then with my upbringing because I had to fulfill certain lists of expectation by others I was a great people pleaser
0: uh-huh. so I
1: pleased everything about everyone else but then I was playing small and that that was not the true life that I was leading, so there was so much of out of alignment and I had to really deal with that and deal with my own demons and go no now is my time to live in full alignment with what I'm called to do with the rest of my life that
0: is a lot of work and that's that work is never done it's a constant journey we have to continually Mm. work on ourselves and everything absolutely everything in life starts with self everything yes Everything. What is your way of showing up for yourself every single day?
1: Every morning, the first part of my morning, I do meditation. Okay. is to allow my brain to receive a lot of downloads and I ask for support. You know, I pray to the universe. And I ask for guidance. How do I live today? How do I enter today with the intention that I'm serving someone else? Because I could sit as a couch potato and do nothing. And (laughs) just, you know, continue to live life on. But to set intention for the day and that I go for walks. I get my body move around and then I do journaling. It's not long. It's not a huge, you know, lengthy journaling time, but it's a short one. And that are small rituals and practice that I just do it. It, it doesn't take long, but it just really sets my day so that I enter with right intention. Because it's been something that I noticed and I learned from my grandmother. She does the same thing. She will pray. She will go for a morning walk. She will do her exercise. And then she will go to the wet market to get fresh produce and cook for the family before she starts her Her business. So we have our own family business in Malaysia. And she's always had that practice. But another layer around that is I do a lot of just cleansing of the work environment that I'm in, because, you know, there are so many areas in our business that could have got other types of energy. So clearing the energy that is not serving us is really important.
0: Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why?
1: Both my grandparents had a lot of impact and input into my world at the start of my life. And my grandfather, Peter, I remember growing up, he taught me a lot around money and around entrepreneurial aspects. I watched him, I didn't understand a lot of things, but I saw how he ran the business because my parents would work and they would leave me to be taken care by the maid in Malaysia. And so we are around the family business a lot. And he taught me how to count. He taught me the power of coins. He taught me You know, a lot of things that I said on his lap that I still have very vivid memory because he's such a patient man. And then my grandmother, my maternal grandmother taught me so much about entrepreneurship. She she spoke a lot of affirmations over my life. She believed in me. She gave me a lot of hope. She supported me in a lot of things that I wanted to do. And she also helped do a lot of my art project. And she's (laughs) such a perfectionist that I needed her to dial back because I knew I could not deliver that in class if I had her do it so well and she was like so good with craft so that was my maternal grandmother and she also taught me a lot of things like you know she had naps during the day yeah she was a fantastic cook she was great with all sorts of recipes her cakes her cookies are like top quality and so it was those things that I learned about perfectionism that I need to achieve and I was so not that level and so a lot of times I always feel that I fall short of you know what she expects out of me whereas my paternal grandmother taught me a lot around just relating to people just you know beautiful relationships with people and to watch them connect with you know each other the in-laws I was not taught you know, directly around that, but I've seen that, you know, what our eyes see, what we hear as we are growing up makes such a big difference. And so, those are the blessings that, you know, I receive from them. And they set a lot of my entrepreneurial pathway because um, both sides are very entrepreneurial because they right. have businesses that they ran. So, yeah, I'm blessed that way.
0: Beautiful. What does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: So embedded in the word empowerment is power. Claim the power within us and that we are all powerful. It took me a while to really stick with the word power because it sounds like a very strong aggressive way like someone's so powerful so you know they're gonna do it in a way that if you don't follow their instructions they're gonna hurt you right. that was how I perceived power when I was growing up because authority if you don't do something that they want there is always a bad consequence but over the years I had learned the word power within empowerment that when you do that from a place of love from a place of kindness from a place of joy and abundance that's where the world will be in a better place so our power and empowering other people is to help create a space give be generous create that environment that is judgment-free the whole world has been judged in so many different ways we don't need to add more to that level of judgment But what we can is create a space where it's so judgment-free for people to be who they are. And that when they came to their own realization and their own breakthroughs, that's where they will empower them to be in their own gifts, their genius zone. And that's what the world needs more right now.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Yeah. Jocelyn, what was your dream job as a child? Doctor. What was your very first job?
1: Uh, law clock.
0: Would you rather have more time or more money? Money. How would you describe yourself? In one word. Probably. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Self love. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money?
1: More self love.
0: If you could teach the world or sorry, if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change?
1: It will deepening self-love. It I'm noticing a theme, theme here. Of <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's what is so lacking. That's what is not taught. And someone wants to receive that as well because you can teach someone about it and if they don't give us the permission to learn and to grow and to accept that, you can teach all you can offer. But if it's not welcome, it's going to be hard. Sorry, yeah. self-love comes from within us.
0: For sure. Entrepreneur life is? Freedom. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is one thing you know now that you wish you had known when you started your entrepreneurial journey?
1: I had known a lot of friends who are entrepreneurial, but I wish I had known them quicker and faster because I made some expensive decisions around hiring that, you know, It was expensive because I had to hire a lot of people to do certain things. And if I knew there's a way to do it in a quicker and cheaper option, I would have.
0: What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur?
1: Patience. Learn to run a business in itself. Because business skills is different from the expert skill that someone is preparing. Say, you know, you bake the best chocolate cake you can be masterful around that but you got to learn a business skill to actually sell the chocolate cake so that's the second one and really acknowledge yourself because it's so important you are the business that you are running you are the visionary individual that sets what the business direction will be so ensure that you are leading and role modeling that
0: what would you say is the most entrepreneurial thing about you?
1: I love to test and trial and experiment a lot of things and yes I had a lot of mistakes and lessons but then I can share that with my clients so that they can then avoid some of the mistakes that are too costly so that's my learnings around you know whatever I've learned I'm going to share so that someone else doesn't have to make those
0: mistakes yeah, yeah beautiful If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why?
1: I think I would love to have the time to really understand not just one woman, but a woman who is able to truly serve others from a place of love. I, to be honest, don't quite admire a lot of people in that depth, but I would choose my grandmother. Again, because I think she had just such a big heart to give. And her life really, really is something that I respect, I love, and I admire.
0: Beautiful. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Be quick to really uh, remove yourself from wrong influences because sometimes I indulge in that environment or that space too long. And if I knew that I could collapse time and go, you know what, these are wrong influence in my world, I can just move forward quicker. I would love to take some time back in my life.
0: Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, what would those last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say or what words of wisdom would you impart?
1: Choose to really love yourself because if you love yourself more, you'll be able to love others more. We are mirrors. So, the deeper we dig into our soul, our spirit, our body, our mind, the more we can offer. Sorry, that would be my 30 seconds gift and message to the world.
0: Love it. Jocelyn, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. You are a true inspiration. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world with what you're doing and keep putting your message out there, your story, all of it. I am so grateful for this time to sit with you and, and speak with you. Thank you so much.
1: Brett, thank you so much that we cross paths um, for such a time as this. and the work that you do in the world of podcasting and also all the upcoming projects and the stories that you write and the space that you create for women plus all the work that you host through your own Facebook group as well. It is truly, truly to be admired and that you keep doing what you do to bring <laughs> such a bright light to the world as well. So thank you so much for being you and thank you so much for your generosity of time and gift of sharing
0: my story. Thank you, Jocelyn. I appreciate you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Powerography podcast. Today, my guest has been jo- Jocelyn Chong. She is an award-winning, number one best-selling international author, podcast host, and the CEO and founder of Seed to Sequoia. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day.
1: You too. Thank you so much, everyone.